welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. So Sasha's dead, but let's talk about some okay. other stuff. <laughs> okay, we started. <laughs> oh. So this is number 33, everybody. Welcome back. Yes, this is the follow-up to Sasha Sulgan. Yeah, this is kind of, oh, let's just talk about some of the stuff he messed with. I mean, this is super cool when I found this article. So it's the 12 most important drugs he designed, synthesized, and took. So he, Yeah, but he didn't design MDMA. Um, it had been out, but not to the same level, which is why it's only in the first six. So we'll have the first six, and then we have his superstar six. So ecstasy, although he's known as the godfather of ecstasy, it's not really the, you know, the best one in his world. Hmm. So. so what did he do to MDMA that changed things? He, he, like he knew it was out it there. Thing. Well, it had been used one time a long time ago, like 70 years prior. It was like around in like the like 1900s, like the very, very, like 1902 or 1904. I can't remember. Um, what was it used at then? Used nothing. It literally, there was like one report of someone having discovered the substance and then it had never been heard about again until he created it in his lab. So he created it on his own despite it having been around for like a minute before. So he didn't he didn't like find reference to it and then Correct. figure out how to do it. Correct. To your knowledge. Correct, which is why he's called the godfather of ecstasy. Huh. And of course that was the club drug. It became a club drug. Right. I mean, Molly, which is hilarious. I have a sister named Molly and she's totally not this kind of person, but you know, she still yeah. likes to laugh at it. Um People who take Molly really just in ecstasy or MDMA, I don't know which version you want to refer to. Um you know, again, it's probably the most common designer drug you actually hear about of all of them. Yeah. You're not going to have heard about most of these since I did the research. You're going to be like, what is that? Like, huh? So anyway, I mean, people just love it. They get this profound state. They're very peaceful. They're complete. They just hit this great thing. And so the thing about MDMA ecstasy is that it is this empathogen. So it's not a psychedelic. It is an empathogen. And when he first, okay, here we go. So it was actually first synthesized in 1912, um, but as MDA. So it is new to him. MDMA okay. is new to him. So it was first synthesized as MDA, which MDA they thought stood for Mellow Drug of America. So empathogen rather than psychedelic just kind of means you like to hug and are calm and just. My family's not huggers. No. So although it was as MDA in 1912 and September 12th of 1976, he developed ecstasy mm. well and then it went on to be scheduled scheduled one which means you can't mess with it so ironically sasha didn't love this drug to be used as a club drug he thought that people actually used it inappropriately he disapproved of the way that people were taking it at clubs that they were taking it way too high he thought that it should be used by adults to gain some higher insight into themselves so kind of this like more spiritual experience rather than this whole recreational use. As opposed to just reading a good book. Well, right. Okay. Whereas his wife, however, Anne, of course, didn't agree with him. Mm. She says, I like to turn on and observe the universe. Wow. 
scientists try to explain that these drugs aren't for fun as there's something wrong with fun. Right. So she was obviously fun. She, yes, loved this drug. And so, you know, she's also been found to say that there's no other drug that gives you such consistent insight. Um, she actually considered herself a lay therapist. Mm. I don't know what that means. She obviously wasn't a therapist, but thought she should therapy people, I guess, counsel them. So she'd actually give ecstasy to her clients to kind of help work them through their concerns. Well, then you could just hug therapy. Kind of. I mean, and then this Oakland psychologist, this, I guess he was well known. I've never heard of him personally. Leo Zeff actually they got him onto this. And so he went across the country um, introducing hundreds of other therapists to ecstasy to really get this path to enlightenment for their clients. Mm. And at that time, it wasn't yet known as ecstasy. It was known as Adam because it brought you back to this Adam and Eve primordial state. <laughs> okay. Why didn't they call it Eve? Uh, yeah, that would, it was sexist even back then. I have welcome to my life. Yep. <laughs> so... So yeah, they did do a ton of experimenting with this, um, psychologists mostly. And then it hit Dallas in the early 80s. Well, and then a bunch of people died. Correct. That's always going to give you a bad name. And then they named it ecstasy when a bunch of people in Dallas died. Yep. NIDA kind of went through this in 1992, and it looks like... But they actually initially loved it. Yeah. He gave a talk at this NIDA conference. I mean, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, right? Yeah. Said that right? Yeah. And Nora, Nora was, was probably there. Nora Volko. 1992, she might have been. But there were a bunch of DEA audi- people in the audience, and Shulgin gets up and actually admits to testing drugs on himself, including ecstasy. Yeah, that's not going to raise red flags. And, but it didn't. The DEA at that point in 92 actually urged human testing with this drug. And so... They actually did testing starting in 2004 as a treatment for PTSD. And it was the first approved, FDA-approved research on a Schedule One substance. So it was already made Schedule One, you know, a decade prior. But then the FDA actually gave approval to study it, even though it was a Schedule One. I mean, we can't even study marijuana as a Schedule One, but yet we can study ecstasy. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Now we're going to back up to the parent of ecstasy. Which the parent would be just plain old MDA. Boring. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that'd been around in the UK for a while. What, yes. 1992? <laughs> so I wasn't even 10 digits old yet. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, uh, you know, the Germans got into it and they commissioned actually pills to be made over in Lat- Latvia. Isn't right? that crazy? Yeah. So. So. It was an interesting drug, it looked like. I mean, it was kind of similar to what you would vision, ecstasy and club drugs, you know, dance floors, ravers. um, Like dirty dancing? Although, when you took too much, people started to pretend to sit down in the middle of the dance floors thinking they were in chairs or couches, and then do all sorts of weird things. Like, they thought they were putting money into, like, um, jukeboxes and started to, like, try to, like, pound it through their friends' heads. So it got very violent, oh. this drug. Oh, that's a bummer. Isn't that kind of weird? Scary? Yes. And then this other drug. Aleph. Aleph. A-L-E-P-H. The essence of power. Yes. So the one, I mean, some of these drugs are kind of like blah, but this one, actually in their books, they did not want anyone to know about this because they thought that it would like destroy everything because it was like 
such an amazing drug because they didn't want anything to destroy it. So they wanted to kind of keep it hidden. Um, mm. But yet it could cause this ego inflation and a bit of mania. So I wonder if there are people in my world that have been taking this. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so that was drug number three. I think so, yeah. So drug number four of the... Of the 12. Of the 12 would be... Dipped? D-I-P-T. Hmm. Yes. So this is a mushroom-like drug. He describes it as a companionologist friend or foe. I'm not sure what that even means. I don't know what it means either, but that's how it's described every single where I study it. But the coolest thing about this drug, actually, is this is where they're starting to study, or they think they should be able to study tinnitus, so ringing in the ears. Because when you take this drug, you get different sounds, different octaves, things sound... Yeah, so basically it really helps you study the way humans process sound. So whatever reason this drug impacts your hearing. The way you perceive sound. Right. And so when it was developed, they thought, well, maybe we can study tinnitus with this drug. It would make your talking seem less annoying. (laughs) It was high-pitched. Yeah. I love this next one. You're going to love this next one. I think you should talk about it. Well, 5-meo-dipped methoxy. Yeah. Hmm. The psychonaut scene in the late 90s. What else was it known as, Kurt? <laughs> Early Viagra. Yeah, great. So I, you can buy this in drugstores near you. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> it caused some trouble. You didn't see these ahead of time. Yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> this is your talk, so I'm just like, I'm along for the... Okay, you know, well, whatever. I will be the mature one here. Cause massive stimulation and explosive orgasms for both men and women. But sometimes it causes a little sexy projectile vomiting. Yeah. It's either going to be the best day of your life or you're going to vomit all over the person you're with. That sounds like a real, I don't know, where are you going to go with it? Right. Anyway, that's Foxy Methoxy. I just love the name. I've actually never heard of that. No. All right. The last one of the first six... So these are not his favorite six, but the last one of the first six is MMDA, but is obviously very similar to MDMA. So very similar to ecstasy. Um, But it's about a bunch of uh, kind of opposite of the DIPT, which is more hearing. This is much more vision. So these eyelid things. And this word that isn't actually a word, inner visions. So Mm. it's kind of this description of when your eyes are closed, you can see these visions of movies and different things in your world in 3D, like I say. Yeah, how could that hurt your brain? I just don't think it would. I don't know, but I love this. There's this description where you first see this movie in black and white, so kind of like your childhood, and then you start getting some colors. But first you get, you know, chartreuse and magenta. Yeah, but imagine if your TV screen starts doing this kind of stuff. You know it's fried. <laughs> you got to like so, shake it yeah. or and kick so it or if something. If this is happening in your own brain, how is that going to go back to normal? But MMDA. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. And then... We're moving to the magical. The magical half dozen. These are the most important in his world. Yeah. Mescaline. The first... Synthetic, the first drug he ever took in the 50s. Yeah, and you know, this has been a drug that's been around for a while that, you know, found in the cacti in Latin America. And, you know, he started, he made this in his garden shed laboratory. It's like, I, I just have to laugh. I'd have loved to just talk to this guy. It's like, yeah, what are you doing with those cacti? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm going to drink them. Yeah. I don't know. I love this description, though, because I think 
not that I'm encouraging this drug to ever be used, but I think in the state of everything with COVID and politics, blah, 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 his description is, I experienced the desire to laugh hysterically at what I could only describe as the completely ridiculous state of the entire world. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel like every day with just drinking water. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's make a cacti smoothie. <laughs> you know those green smoothies you get at the health yeah, food stores. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna think of that every time. <laughs> Don't the drink the green the, smoothies. The masculine smoothie. So his next drug on that list of the magical half dozen was D O M. Dom. Yeah. Dom that, is actually, I don't know, it's a really cool drug to well, me. Yeah, kind of popularized following the outlawing of LSD, so it's kind of a a knockoff, if you will. So it became a big deal in ERs of the Hate Ashbury area. Um, when all these hippies took way too much, um, they end up in the ER. They just had to like ride it out. But they also called it the STP. So not DOM. They called it STP, which stood for Serenity, Tranquility, and Peace. Not like not like Serenity now. But this is where they started to kind of question um, if Sasha was developing things that were actually killing people. Um, on the streets, they called Dom Tripstasy, like it was like ecstasy, but you got a trip, uh. you got a bigger trip from it. It's right there on that picture right there. You oh. have. Um, and so the, one of the first deaths they, they kind of questioned was this Tennessee teenager in 2000, this overdose death. Um, just from this drug, they didn't find any other substances in his system. There's no other reason why he should have died. Um, all he had in his system was this DOM. Um, but when you look at the utility, if you're Sasha... And some neurobiologists actually do use this drug um, to investigate serotonin receptors in the brain. So I wonder if this teenager didn't, didn't just have like some serotonin syndrome. Yeah, but, interesting. I mean, they can use it to study depression and psychosis, to study different medications and how that works. Um, and it actually helps develop neuroplasticity in the brain, which is just kind of crazy. Maybe too fast. Right. Okay, go to the next slide. You'll love it. Yeah, the whole culinary culture icon versus inventor. His adrenochrome. No, we already talked about adrenochrome. Um, How could I be on that wrong thing? Oh, yeah, the DOM. The DOM. Causing, well, Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd to go insane, it says. They questioned. Yeah. And did you know that the 1972 Rolling Stones tour of the U.S. kind of went psycho because they questioned if DOM was involved? In this tour. Named after the drug. I know. Which, I mean, mm. their, their posters for the, the tour, the Stones in the U.S., um, didn't look like anything. It's like an airplane, but it doesn't look like Dom. But they questioned whether Dom was involved in this whole, I guess, the U.S. Stones tour in 1972, which I wasn't even alive for. Maybe you remember being there, Kurt. I don't recall <laughs> being there. But, yeah, I guess this was a huge drug when it came to the rock and roll scene. Um I'm going to have to look up Sid Barrett. I didn't realize that they yeah. think he was possibly involved with Dom. Yeah, it was huge. So I went to get this picture, and then I started like going down the rabbit hole. And it it's cool. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, the so, next one he came up with was 2C-E. So this is what's interesting. These are the top six drugs, and the next like three or whatever all have names like this. So they're mm. not even named. That's how cool they are. Like R2-D2. Sort of. Yeah. So this was called The Teacher. Yeah. So why would that be? It was because people got this introspection into their own selves. So they were able to kind of say, okay, these are my demons. 
They were able to see the things that caused them harm, caused them troubles, and then were allo- it allowed them to kind of change themselves into better people. That's kind of what they described it as, this transformative, introspective experience, which then developed into from 2CE to 2C-T-2, which was also seen as an introspection tool. Um, hmm. But yeah. He kind of looked at things like war, ego, attention-seeking, and really felt them all to be related to the same thing. Like, anything bad, anything good, it was all kind of just this calm, they're all the same. Let's just kind of chill out. Neat. As opposed to 2CT7. Yeah, they just keep changing these numbers, and I'm getting all mixed up. But this was more of a Japanese thing. It was actually sold in Japanese head shops. Kind of late 90s. It was kind of called the Blue Mystic Powder. Which is so interesting because when I was looking this up and getting all these details, I could not find one picture that showed this actually as a blue powder. Mm. Which is, I mean, if you're going to call it the Blue Mystic Powder, literally I found so many headshot pictures of this. Not one time was it anything but white. (laughs) Anyway. Interesting. Uh, But obviously about... 2000. This was around not that long ago, just 20 mm-hmm. years, but uh, responsible for a number of deaths and kind of hit the headlines. So, yeah, another one that was one of the top ones he featured, if you will. And then the very last one, I love this one too. I'll do this one because you're not probably mature enough to talk about it. It's very similar to that one with mm. the Viagra like, but it's called 2C B, um, described as the most erotic compound he ever made. If you could see these pictures, there's like a hot pink powder and there's like a definitely a blue pill. doesn't look like Viagra. It's way more blue than that. Um, How would you know? Because I have a lot of old men patients. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I've been in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, he actually was convinced when he developed this compound that it would one day be modified by Big Pharma and used as an aphrodisiac, so to help people get into the mood. So similar to a Viagra, but not necessarily working on like the blood vessel thing, but just to get people into the mood, so to help with the first stage of you know sexual experience. It's interesting that the shaman were into this in South Africa, too, and it was actually sold legally in the 90s. Yes, so. and in the UK, it was actually used a lot in the 90s. Hmm. And so you kind of got this psychedelic, cartoonish visuals, musical oddness, but... From what I could find, nothing really god-awful happened. It actually just created this positive experience. Wow. So, yeah. So that's all the 12 drugs of Sasha Shulgin. 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 Man, that's hard to say. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll end there, if that's okay with you. I think it's good, and we'll come back next week with something... Maybe... <laughs> probably a lot more useful to your <laughs> daily lives, um, but probably not quite as historically entertaining. Yep. This is all about where designer drugs came from. Thanks again.